This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Lindsay. I can't believe I'm actually sending you this, but I just felt compelled to share how you've pushed me to get off social media. And I just want to encourage others to be honest with themselves. I think the hardest part is saying, I am addicted. There's so much shame in that. You feel guilty or you just don't think you're at that point yet. And you think, I got a handle on this. I can put it down. But if we're honest with ourselves, we are addicted. So I gave up all forms of social media kind of with your inspiration or inspiration from you for this year. I started making family newsletters once a month and I share it to friends and family that I know intimately via email once a month. And the reaction from friends and family has been amazing. And you realize there are your own relatives that don't even know the ins and outs of your life because you're not having these deep conversations otherwise. And you just think you know, because you saw a picture on Instagram or whatever. So it's been amazing. Um, And I'm compiling them to save into a book for my own girls for them to look at later on what we did that month and our best memories and photos and the people who matter have access to this. And it's just not a superficial connection anymore. And it's leading to conversations with friends and family, those we love. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. In today's episode, I will be talking about my experience being off of social media for the past three months now and just what it's done for me, um, how I feel. I have a lot of people asking me on a daily basis through my email, you know, whether or not I regret it or wish I was still on there or how I feel about it. So I wanted to create this episode in the social media mini series and I wanted to open the episode up with uh, someone from my community. I had asked for people in my community to send me over some questions for uh, this mini series and with regards to leaving social media, with regards to influencing as a whole. And a lot of people actually sent me their own experience with social media and what it's done for them and their life. So I will have a lot of those clips from people in my community throughout this episode. I opened it up with Courtney and I just have loved hearing from every single one of you that has been willing and courageous enough to share your story and you know what leaving social media or taking a break from social media has done for you. So again, thank you for sending in 
those comments. And throughout the episode, I'm I'm going to first chat about, you know, my personal experience, but please stay tuned for many of you that have sent in your commentary and each clip is about a minute long and they're extremely powerful and some of the stories that they share I think will really hit home. Today's episode is sponsored by Wellaments. I have worked alongside this brand for quite a few years now and can attest to the high quality and efficacy of their products. All of their products are certified organic, preservative free, and bottled in glass. Their products range from daily vitamin and mineral supplements to products to help with tummy troubles, teething, and the sniffles. Personally, we have loved their vitamin D drops for our infants, their tooth oil, and cough medicine. They are actively building out their children's line, and they just launched immune support, elderberry and multivitamin gummies, and probiotic stick packs. If you are looking for a great gift for a mother-to-be, their O Baby Bundle would be perfect. It includes all of their best-selling newborn products, including grape water, vitamin D drops, chest and foot rub, and more. You can use the code MOTHERHOODMEETSMEDICINE for 20% off at checkout. You can find all of these details in the show notes as well. Today's show is also sponsored by Sarah Belly. Sarah Belly was founded by neurosurgeon Teresa Persner. You can hear all about the story that inspired the brand within the episode we recorded together about six months ago. After becoming a neurosurgeon, Teresa went back to school to earn her PhD in developmental neurobiology at Stanford. After having her three children, she was having a hard time finding baby food that focused on the proper nutrients needed for the developing brain. And thus, Cerebelli was born. Did you know that 80% of a baby's brain is fully developed by the age of three? Cerebelli is the only brand of organic purees that provide 16 key brain-supporting nutrients. Let your baby explore veggie-first, clean-label project certified flavors with no added sugar and spoonfuls of nutrients with Cerebelli. Parenting is an art. Cerebelli is science. And you know how much I love science. My kids also enjoy their smart bars, which are great for a quick, nutrient-packed snack for on-the-go. Today's listeners can get up to 35% off your first order of Cerebelli with code LINDSAY20, that's L Y. N-Z-Y-20, plus an additional 15% off when you subscribe and save. Let's get back to the episode. Okay, let's see. So all the episodes leading up to this were basically um, a story of how I started to even use social media. It was for business purposes only and how I quickly got wrapped up into it and what that felt like and what that looked like, and why and when I started to change direction. And that direction changed about, it's been about two years now from when I first started thinking about leaving social media for good and what that meant for the business I had built. And the hardest part for me was to leave something I had cultivated and and built for many, many years. And it was very hard to leave that, but... I can absolutely tell you with 110% certainty that I have made the right decision. I am so incredibly happy that I decided to delete both my Instagram and my Facebook account in December, and I have not looked back. I do not wish for one day I was still on it. I can't even think of a time that I wished I had it. There's nothing, you know, I don't, 
start thinking up to myself, oh, I wonder what so-and-so is doing right now. Um, Or I wish I could look up this. I mostly used it for, like I said, business purposes. So my my whole goal was really to go on there and and post the content that I had created. Um, but you do get wrapped up into, you know, scrolling and scrolling and this end, endless scroll. And what you're all you're doing really is is just taking a peek into other people's lives while ignoring your own. And so I have noticed that I have not at all missed it or wished I had it, you know, for a particular thing. So the only thing I will say that I guess you could call it a disadvantage or or a con is that when things in the world are moving at a lightning pace and there are things happening that you might seem like you are somewhat removed from them, which I do believe is a, is a good thing in most circumstances. Uh, obviously right now we are experiencing, you know, a lot of different things. We're still dealing with the COVID pandemic And even though it seems like things are starting to relax, we do have increasing cases in other parts of the world. And the invasion of Ukraine and what that has meant for all of us around the world and the threat to democracy and inflation and and so many other things, you know, and I have found it incredibly powerful to be without social media at this time, just because my anxiety would be through the roof. (laughs) While I do wish I had my platform simply to help Ukraine in whichever way I could, so sharing links to donate to certain causes and places and all of that, but I have been doing that in other ways that I can now, which is you know sharing through my newsletter and things like that. But um, I think that would be the only thing that I do miss, which is just being able to help other people in a bigger way than I am now. And hopefully, I mean, my my real goal in life is, you know, if I was without kids, I would be over on the Poland border providing medical care for those that need it. And that would be exactly what I was doing right now if I could. But anyway, I wanted to also just open up this episode with, I just finished a book and it's called Daughter of the Reich. It's by Louise Fine. And this was her first novel. It's historical fiction. And it's incredibly good, especially with respects to what is currently going on in the political state right now. And it's it's a book about a a German woman um, in Nazi Germany who falls in love with a Jew and just their story. I don't want to give away the book, but it's incredibly moving, incredibly powerful. In the back of the book, after you're done reading, there's a note from the author. And just a little backstory, but the author's father's family were Jews, originally from Brody, which is now in Ukraine. And this book was written um, or inspired by her father. And so I'm going to read to you this very small section that I found to be really intriguing. And this has to do with social media. I know, I'm sorry. This seems like I'm like going off, going off the unbeaten path, but I cannot remember exactly when the idea of a novel inspired by my father's past first came to me, but it fermented over a long period of time. I knew so little of his life in Leipzig that I felt instinctively it should be a work of fiction. Ideas mauled, characters came to me, and I began to read and research in earnest. The book, though inspired by what I learned about my father, is not about him. In writing this story, I hope to show parallels between the early 1930s Germany in which he lived and the Western world since the crash of 2008. 
economic hardship of the 1920s led to the rise of nationalism and its extremist views and actions. New forms of mass media, radio, and film enabled the delivering of messages directly into homes and cinemas. All media, old and new, were used in highly effective propaganda across the nation. By these means, and by silencing voices of discontent, an entire population could be controlled and manipulated. Today, we potentially face a similar trajectory with the resurgence of nationalism, the fast-developing far-right and far-left sentiments, and extremism in many awful forms. Populist leaders stunning the world by winning elections, Brexit, calls for closing borders and increasing racist sentiment, anti-Semitism rearing its ugly head once more, including once-centralist political parties, ludicrous rumors of a Jewish conspiracy again circulating, people learning their news increasingly through the false bubbles of their social media networks. I read that and I was like, oh shit, like could it not be like more clear as to what has been happening? I, anyway, I I read that and I was just like, look at what's happening throughout history right now. Put together the last 14 years since the economic crash of 2008 and the development of social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, ways for other countries to insert propaganda into other countries and to mess around with other countries' elections and to instill fear, instill like all of these different things that were never possible on this mass level. And I still think, you know, when I was on there, I, there were times when I would get attacked by, I call them bots, were they bots? I don't really know. But when I was specifically talking a lot about vaccines and such, I would get so much hate. I would get people wishing me dead. I would get people wishing my family dead. I I mean, to the extent where I won't even share some of the things that were said to me and to think that there are actually humans out there that could say those things seems crazy. I, I do believe that they probably could, some of them, but for the most part, they could have been some computer bot and and they were coming in at such a speed where it was, you know, always just interesting and intriguing. I don't know if if they were actual humans or if they were bots or what have you, but I can tell you it was awful. Anyway, I wanted to read that because I just feel like that really helps to drive it home that a lot of these social media channels are, I mean, absolutely spreading people apart. They're tearing apart families, friends. It happened with COVID. If you don't agree with my X, Y, and Z, then I don't want to be in your family anymore. I don't want to talk to you anymore. I don't want to be your friend anymore. You know, and, and now it's happening on just such a mass scale with all different topics. It's not just about COVID anymore. It's about everything. It's about climate. It's about, it's about everything. And people are so incredibly stretched to the extreme on one side that they're unable to see anybody else's um, and they're unwilling to listen. And that's what I see when I was on social media. I mean, that's all I saw were just these two very extreme views on either side, but no uh, nuance, no in between and an unwillingness to listen to other people. And I don't personally want to be a part of any of that. I think that 
there are certainly uh, amazing things that people put onto social media, content that people put onto social media that can be helpful, but it's not something that I also can't find somewhere else in a book or talking with friends or family or, or taking a class or whatever it might be. I mean, there are other ways to get information and certainly not social media, especially given that some of the sources of this information claim to be experts and are not experts. So we have a lot of that going on now where, you know, people are claiming to be you know, coaches and uh, experts of X, Y, and Z, but actually don't have any background in it. And so, you know, or you have people who do have some sort of a, a background, you know, they could even have their doctorate in, you know, whatever it might be. And if they're focusing on psychology, but then all of a sudden, they're like a, you know, expert in uh, <laughs> the political world and and sharing all of their their thoughts and comments on on what's currently going on in the world, but they don't have a background in that. And so, it's just a hard, hard place for me personally to be in. And it didn't help at all my mental health. Hi, Lindsay. My name is Stephanie. I'm living in the San Francisco Bay Area, big tech center. Uh, and I this is a message in response to your um, call for people who've given up social media or taken a social media break in our experiences. So I wanted to tell you, I was inspired by you last summer and I ended up taking the entire month of July off last summer, 2021, completely deleted my Facebook altogether. After that, I only maintained an Instagram account when I came back, but I was really surprised after just one month away. I mean, within the first few days, I noticed a difference with my anxiety levels, my sleeping, like just the anxious, worried feeling of like, what's going on in the world? How can I keep track of things? How can I take care of my family? All of that, like all of those anxious feelings were gone within a few days. And I had zero desire to go back afterwards. But of course I did. And even though I had all these good intentions of using it with specific time limits and not actually having the app on my phone, only using it on the desktop, all of that. Eventually, I just went back into my same habits. So once again, inspired by you, I just quit it again for Lent. I gave it up starting Ash Wednesday, and I'm using this time to prepare myself for deleting it completely. And so things that I have noticed in the past couple of months are that I feel uh, much lighter. I feel my headspace is more clear now than it has been in years, years and years. I feel like there's been this fog that's been lifted. I'm not taking in information at this lightning speed for which my brain cannot process. I was constantly, you know, being given information and it was great because I felt like I was caught up in the world, but our our brains are not meant to process that amount of information. It's just too much. It's too much information. We don't need to know all of those things and our brain just it doesn't it doesn't allow it to focus anymore. And so I can't remember, I think one of the recent statistics that had come out is that the average person can only concentrate on one thing for three minutes and then we we lose focus completely. And one of the the next books that I want to read is called Lost Focus. And uh, the author uh, basically, I think he, and I might be getting this wrong, 
but I'm pretty sure he like traveled some parts of the world to speak with people that had done research on why we are losing so much focus and why we're not able to pay attention. And a big, big part of that is screens and social media and being pulled in a thousand different directions and being given so much information that we cannot process it in a way that's healthy. And so that was, I think, one of the biggest things I have noticed since leaving is that I am more able to finish to-do lists. I'm more able to remember things. My memory <laughs> is significantly better because I I simply don't have that fogginess of a million things being jumbled around in my head at one time. I'm able to focus on the task at hand and you know the tasks coming up after that. And before it was just I was thinking about you know, what I was going to post next or what I had seen on, you know, so-and-so's feed and, oh my gosh, I have to help those people. And, oh, oh, there's tragedy in this country. And, oh, there's, you know, they're trying to pass this law down in, you know, this state and I have to be cognizant of that. And now I have to, and it's, you get pulled in all of these different directions and it's impossible to focus on what's actually in front of you, which is your family, your friends, your job, all of those things. And so that's, that's the biggest thing. So just, the clearing of the brain fog, the ability to pay more attention for longer periods of time and just to what's in front of me rather than my brain kind of veering off um, after a few minutes. So that's definitely the biggest thing. The next thing I've noticed is that my stress level has decreased significantly. I felt like I was going a mile a minute all of the time. I never stopped. I felt like... It's hard to describe unless, of course, you've had anxiety, but just being aware, you know, being on social media means that you're being, you're, you're aware of every single thing happening down to the minute because people are posting about it and the injustices of the world. And while I do believe that it is incredibly important to be cognizant of what is happening, I don't believe it's important to be told that every five seconds that there's an injustice happening here, there, there, there. You cannot, your brain just can't process it. And so my anxiety level was deeply affected by learning, you know, new things that were going on in the world that were either horrific or injustices. And then of course, people responding to those things. And, you know, there's, there's these extremist views where I personally just get so involved in them because I am somebody like as an Enneagram 8, I just fighting for injustice is like like something that I will always do and I get deeply involved in every scenario and it's just so hard for me to be on a social platform because I I can't get away from it. I just want to learn as much as I can. I want to learn why people have these extremist views. And anyway, my anxiety just just isn't able to handle that. And for me as, you know, I guess an influencer, even though I hate that term, I unfortunately, you know, in the last two years when I was um, advocating for medical health and for, you know, COVID vaccine and things like that, I had so much hate, so much hate pushed my way. And just these extremists who wanted to believe this, that, and the other thing about the vaccine, just pushing their agenda onto me and calling me uh, names. And, and again, these are just extremists. This is not the person that 
says to me, Lindsay, I'm scared to get the vaccine and this is why. This is not those people. These are people that would single you out and and call you names and and like I said, wish your wish your family dead. It's just it's crazy to me that as human beings we are doing that to other people just because they're they're advocating for something that is evidence-based science um, and for something that is in my wheelhouse and something I I went to school for. So that made my stress level more than it's been really my entire life. (laughs) That has been amazing to just be off of social media. And, you know, about, I would say the exact amount of people that were watching my Instagram stories when I left are the people that had signed up for my newsletter. And I have not had any of this commentary with my newsletter at all. So it has removed all of the people that felt the need to put other people down on the internet. Those were all filtered out. And it's been amazing. It's been amazing to be able to connect with people on a deeper level where I am putting out a newsletter once a week and all of my thoughts into one newsletter. And you know, some of these are personal thoughts. Some of these are things I find intriguing on the internet, articles, podcast episodes, um, still doing fun things like Easter finds for kids or style find, whatever it might be, and putting it all into one place so that the person on the receiving end of my content doesn't feel that need to keep up with me every 24 hours like they did before. And as I've said many times before, Instagram stories are created in 24 increments, 24 hour increments so that you have to get on there every day and you don't want to miss out on content. If you really enjoy following somebody, you think that they have a lot to offer. It is, you really truly feel like you're missing out. And as humans, we are conditioned to have that feeling and it's not going to go away, you know, and it just, it's really hard. It's really hard when you, when you're on social media, not to, not to have that feeling of missing out. And so I hope that by putting out a weekly newsletter and just putting everything in one place, people can keep it in their inbox. They can read it the next week. They can read it the next morning. They can read it a month from now. It's always going to be there. It's not going to disappear in 24 hours. It's there. And you don't have to feel rushed to read it. You don't have to feel compelled to waste your time looking at your phone and viewing someone else's content. Hi, Lindsay. It's Healy from Wisconsin. Just wanted to kind of give my two cents. I don't have a question, but just wanted to kind of give you my um, short story about leaving social media. I left social media for good after being inspired by you and by Erin on Cotton Stem for following both of your accounts for many years on Instagram. I never had a reason to stay on social media. Uh, It was only for personal use, never made any money or anything being in that space. And I had always tried to leave in the sense of adjusting my phone to limit screen time. However, bypassing that was so easy and in the end, honestly, just not helpful Um, It had zero impact on the amount of time I spent scrolling. I honestly had zero ability to have any self-control in regards to staying off Facebook and Instagram. So I had told myself that on January 1st of this year, 2022, I'd be gone for at least the entire year of 2022. I deactivated my Facebook page without warning my friends and family, which honestly sounds so silly to say. And on Instagram, I actually use the graphic you provided about being gone from social media, but not gone from social life. Uh, I no longer use either of those apps on my phone. They've 
both been deleted in addition to the accounts I had. I had fear of missing out on support groups I was a part of for my son's genetic disorder, missing out on community updates, and even things like selling things on Marketplace, and honestly just being nosy in my friends and family's life. I had a first rough first week, like I think most would, finding that I'd go to press the app that no longer existed on my phone just out of habit. However, after that, it's been smooth sailing. I've had zero desire to return, absolutely zero, which in all honesty has shocked me. I thought I'd crave being back in that space, wondering about all of the things I've been missing, but that's not been the case. My mind has been so much clearer because it's not been filled with everyone else's issues, and I've been able to focus more on myself, my family, and the things that truly matter. Um, I've been able to read 13 books since the start of 2022 um, because I've been spending my time reading instead of scrolling things that don't matter. And I just want to say thank you for giving the, me the push that I really needed to take the jump, even though it seems scary. And thank you for this podcast as I'm always tuning in. Have a great day. Where else do I want to go with this? So I talked about a decrease in anxiety, the brain fog, I mean, just the simple fact that my phone usage was, I don't know, six, seven, eight hours a day. And now it's one, two hours. And that obviously includes talking on the phone, text messaging, you know, if I check the weather. And most recently, I have been following one of the independent newspapers out of Ukraine to keep myself updated on the invasion of Ukraine. So, Like that's basically it. I mean, oh, and I have an exercise app on there. So that's probably the the most of my phone usage because when I open that app, I keep it on to do my workout and then I shut it off or my um, Spotify. (laughs) So yeah, that's basically what I use it for now. And my usage on the phone has gone down significantly. So I have seen obviously an immense improvement with um, my ability to do a lot more things. I am keeping myself much more updated with the family laundry. (laughs) I am cooking a lot more. I am reading like crazy. I haven't read this many books in years. It is an absolute pleasure to be finally back into books. I was always a bookworm. I grew up reading a thousand books. I loved it. I wrote book reports for fun. I really truly enjoy reading. And so that's been really great. And just spending more time with my family and friends. And there's nothing on that damn app or any app that is going to be more important than spending time with the people that are right in front of you and the life that is right in front of you. No one else's life is going to be worth more than your own life. And instilling the behaviors of saying the phone doesn't mean anything compared to my current life and my children and my is going to be handed down to your own kids. And for that reason, I want to be a really good example for them. Hi, Lindsay. This is um, Florence Instagram, a pediatrician who's enjoyed following you, especially your journey, quitting social media. I started my account, Dr. Florencia Segura, during the pandemic. I was also pregnant with my baby in 2020, and I wanted to form a community just like many people did and um, kind of combat misinformation. But the thing that worries me the most and the reason I want to get off of it, at least for my family, is what happens to our kids' brains when we are picking up our phone at least 150 times per day. 
you know, it's so critical early childhood, especially the first three years when our baby's neurons are forming connections with one another through this process called serve and return. So when a baby smiles or when a toddler smiles and their parent smiles back, this forms a foundation of language and communication. But what happens if our baby smiles at us because they see us, but we don't smile back? And the research shows that there's less than 20% of verbal interactions with parents that have active mobile device use, decrease in 39% nonverbal interactions, and a decrease in 28% of encouragements. So it's a big deal. And I also want to get off of it because of my kids. And I've, I've done a lot of things. I've turned off my notifications. I only check it in the morning and at night. I really try to have the phone out of their reach, but it's hard. Let's see. What else? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> There's just the the one way I would wrap it up. And I think I had told this story on the Joanne Piazza's Under the Influence podcast. I had told her I was, this was a couple weeks out, um, maybe a month after I had deleted social media. And I was, <laughs> I was driving down the street to bring my son to school and I was looking around and I was taking everything in. I was taking in the air. I was taking in the snow on the trees. I was taking in people crossing the street. I was taking in the bird over here. I was taking in just the different cars and people driving and they were drinking their coffees or they were, whatever it was. And I just started to kind of well up. And I just thought to myself, I am fully present. I'm fully present in this very moment. And I don't think I've been here in a long time. And by fully present, I don't mean that I'm like scrolling my phone in the car. What I mean is that all that junk inside of my head, all the information my brain has been taking in for the years that I have been on social media for extended periods of time, that had lifted and I was finally able to be present in that very moment as as simple as it was just driving my car down the street and noticing everything around me. And... I haven't done that in so long. And I guess the other thing that I would say is more largely present is just solitude in general. So having that space where there are no outside interruptions into your own brain space. So there's no kids yelling, there's no friends, family, you know, in the in the house talking with you. There's no music, there's no podcast running, there's no you're just sitting. You're just sitting with your own thoughts, whether that's outside, whether you're on a walk. Even if you're on a walk and listening to a podcast or listening to music, you're having that outside stimuli of someone else's thoughts. And so solitude is really being alone with your own thoughts and not having those thoughts clouded up with anybody else or anything else. And so I've had a lot more of that in the last few months than I have in a very long time and just the fully being present. And it takes, it takes a couple of weeks to get there because it's a detox. It's a detox and it's very similar to detox from anything else, drugs, alcohol, gambling, anything that you can be addicted to that increases that, that dopamine. So yeah, I think, I think that's all. That I have to say about that. Again, it might have been all over the place, but again, I don't like plan what I'm going to say beforehand. So <laughs> it's just kind of all over the place. So anyway, I hope that this helps those of you that might be thinking about taking a break or maybe even thinking about deleting it for good. Again, I absolutely 
love being able to hear from you. Uh, I will put my SpeakPipe link in the show notes. That's a way to send me a message telling me how social media has been for you. And if you have any questions or anything, you can leave them there. And the next episode in the series will be live in two weeks, and that will be my Q&A episode. So again, if you have any questions about... It can be about anything influencer related. It can be about anything social media related. Really anything. You can leave them in that SpeakPipe link, and I will get to those in the next episode. So with that, I will leave you with quite a few comments that are about, you know, they're about a minute long from people in my community that have either taken a break from social media or left social media and how they feel. So they're incredibly powerful. Please, please, please take a listen to them and we'll see you next week. I want to share a quick story after permanently deleting Instagram and all social media. I only use my phone for texting, you know, calling or some email, but I don't ever now use my phone really in front of my son. And when we go out to like Panera, he's almost two. Um, I don't sit there on my phone or try to take a picture of him, you know, showing people where we are on my Instagram story. Like I don't have any of that anymore. So when we go, I'll sit there and read books to him. And the one day we were sitting at Panera and I was reading to him, did not have my phone out at all. And I look up and this older group of people are all looking at me, giving me the thumbs up and okay symbol. And I looked around and every other mom, and I'm not judging anyone at all. I would never, ever judge someone. But I looked around and all these parents are on their phones, not looking at their kids. And right there, it clicked like it solidified why I deleted social media right there. Like I'm present with my son. I'm reading to him. Him and I are laughing and like looking up and seeing those older people give me the thumbs up. Like it just made my heart melt and like just made me feel good about my decision. So uh, do I see an impact on my life from deleting Instagram? 100%. And so thanks. Hi, Lindsay. My name is Kelly and I have deleted my Instagram account for about a year and a half now after I really had a moment with my kids on a family vacation. I was trying to capture perfect photos to be able to post on Instagram, and I wondered if I was going to have to spend the rest of my kids' lives trying to get the right picture to put online. So It was definitely a transition for me to be off of Instagram and not seeing friends or other people, but I also realized that I was really using social media to check out of my days instead of to like check in with friends. So it's so exciting to me that someone with the influence that you have is also getting off of social media because it makes me feel less alone. It makes me feel like there is a community for me off of social media where other moms are opting to either be off of social media entirely or just take a break. And I am just so inspired by you. I adore you. And thanks for doing what you do. Hi, Lindsay. My name is Leah and I live in North Carolina. I deleted Instagram over the summer and it's been a really positive change in my life. I think the biggest thing I've noticed is that I've been able to go deeper 
in my relationships and my friendships rather than kind of just surface level looking at people's pictures and scrolling through and kind of feeling like I knew what was going on in their life, but not really taking that time to connect. I'm now able to be more intentional about reaching out to people and really asking how they're doing and having just deeper conversations. It's really been a positive thing for me. So I wanted to share that. Thank you so much. Hey, Lindsay, this is Sam from Michigan. I deleted all of my social media in early to mid-December. I have I have a three-year-old son, and ever since having him, I have felt uneasy about the use of social media and people having access to information about my family. And finally, I had a situation that basically broke me with social media. My sister got in an argument with a troll on Facebook and he came on to pictures that she had posted of my son and said really horrific things. And as soon as I saw that, I just knew in my gut that it was time to remove all of us from all social media. And it was weird to start. And now I don't even think about it. I don't even care. It's it's kind of a thing that I'm proud of and I encourage other people to do. And I definitely feel like I'm living a simpler life because of that, which I really appreciate. I've also saved a lot of money. So <laughs> I just wanted to share my experience with deleting all of my social media. Thanks, Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. My name is Jessica. I'm a librarian here in Connecticut. I have two young children, and I just wanted to quickly explain to you and tell you how I gave up uh, social media. I had an Instagram account for a long time. I never had a Facebook account, one of those weirdos. And I primarily used Instagram just because I wanted to have my circle of friends be able to see pictures. But what I realized was slowly over the years, I was following more and more influencers and shopping accounts and news channels instead of my own friends and family. And I cared too much about the types of things I posted and what my captions were and how perfect my pictures were. And I just had that sinking feeling. I, it was never quite enough. Uh, I knew I had a dependency on it. I tried to hide the app in my phone, but I always felt like I had to keep up with the Instagram stories and all the constant postings. And then it started to become really political and I didn't, I felt uncomfortable and it just felt very shallow and empty. And it was actually the Capitol riots uh, in the beginning of last year that made me uh, feel very just kind of sick and empty when I went on because everything was so negative. So I finally quit. I never looked back and it's been really great. I feel lighter and I've been able to just spend more time doing the things I love. Hi, Lindsay. My name's Colette. I just got done listening to you on the Under the Influence podcast, and I just wanted to say thank you for sharing your message. You know, as a consumer of Instagram and not a creator, I can't imagine how hard it would have been to give that up. As a consumer, it definitely just became a huge 
place of comparison, a huge money pit. Uh, I was, you know, spending money I didn't have or on things I didn't need. And it just was kind of a sad place for me. I disabled my account on New Year's Eve and it has honestly just been, I've just been so much happier since then. I've just felt lighter. I've had so much more time. I've been so much more present in my life with my kids and my husband. And yeah, I just wanted to say thank you. Thanks for sharing your story. Like I said, as a consumer, it definitely, it became a hard place. And for a creator, it sounds like it's still a hard place. I think it's just a hard place to navigate. There's a lot, a lot going on. It's shortening our attention spans. It's stealing away time that we should be spending doing other things that we love. So I just wanted to say thank you for sharing your story. Hi, Lindsay. I deleted Instagram last January for good. And then I had the hardest time figuring out how to delete Facebook and save the photos until I saw your tip. So that was a huge, huge help and allowed me to cut the cord there completely too. So that was a couple months ago and it's wonderful. I honestly just didn't want to look back on my kids' childhood and feel like I wasted any time with them by being distracted by the junk of social media. So that's why I did it. Hello, my name is Maria Michu. I am from Panama, the Republic of Panama, far away. I came across your account a while ago during early COVID. I w- felt bored. I mean, I have two kids at the time I was pregnant, but I, I didn't know what else to do to keep my mind busy and I thought when I came across all these accounts of influencers, I didn't know what they were. I was like, oh, how cool. You know, they they teach you things. <laughs> they share with you ideas and all these products that are going to make your life so much better. I need all of this. And when I realized I was in too deep, I, you know, it was too late. If fortunately, you start talking about social media and the impact it has on your life and how you see and how you're you know, you, you want your kids to see you and how you don't want this for them. So I'm so fortunate that, you know, I came across your account and that it changed me and I haven't deleted my account yet, but oh my goodness, how it has changed everything. I spend my afternoons outdoors, how I don't deleted all my pictures. I don't want to be a part of it how much more I find the time to do things that I really enjoy instead of thinking that I need to buy all these things to make my life better. Hi, Lindsay. My name is Mary and I'm a new mom and middle school teacher. And I've recently given up social media about a month ago. And I have to say, I feel great. I thought I was really going to miss it. But overall, I just feel so much more free, at peace, more mindful and less anxious. I think the tipping point for me was I realized I was addicted to just wanting to decompress and just mindlessly scrolling. Um, and not really using the social media the way I wanted to, which is for inspiration and connection. I also am very productivity motivated, and I was really addicted to clearing notifications. And I just 
found myself staring at that device all the time. When my 10-month-old son started to really reach for the phone, that's when I was like, I got to stop. And now I'm able to find inspiration, connection, all of those things I loved about social media in a much more tangible, digestible, meaningful way through things like Feedly and newsletters. And I'm just so much more at peace and grateful to be off social media. So thank you for inspiring me to do that. Okay, Lindsay, yes, it's, we agree. It's really hard to admit the shame. Once again, I, you know, if you want to bring this up, I would, I know you've mentioned the Rich Roll podcast episode with Cal Newport, but I would almost emphasize that even more, especially to those out there that just want to address the addiction, but they have that feeling of shame or embarrassment. Listen to that podcast and you learn that this is not you. This wasn't your choice, but your phone is literally designed. There's people making so much money and doing so much research on how to keep your eyes on the screen. So it's nothing to be shameful of. This is intentional. This is what it was made for. So be smarter than the phone and the apps and get a grip on it and say, yeah, this is addicting. It was designed to be just like a slot machine can be addicting to those who gamble. Your phone can be addicting and that's, it's okay if you fell into that, but you definitely just have to address it. And I think if more of us said this out loud in conversations with our friends, then it would be easier, just like it's easier to talk about postpartum depression if you're just open about it, right? So let's take away shame take away the stigma. I emphasize that podcast episode. It really takes the blame away from you and you don't feel so hard on yourself. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. All resources mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes on lindsayandco.com. To continue these important conversations, head over to Motherhood Meets Medicine on Instagram. Let me know what you learned from this episode and who you would love to hear from next. I always love getting feedback from you. If you're finding value in this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. This will help us to reach even more women from around the world. I'll catch you next week. Until then, don't forget to find some time to unplug, unwind, and have a little fun. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.